Welcome to Piedmont Arts. I'm Rachel Stewart. In the month of October, Davidson College has an embarrassment of riches when it comes to great concerts. On October 5th, renowned vocal group Stile Antico performs a program celebrating William Byrd. Then, on October 13th, the Amerigo Trio, whose members are all internationally acclaimed musicians, is in concert. And later in the month, on October 24th, Davidson faculty members will present a benefit tribute to Burt Bacharach. On today's episode of Piedmont Arts, I'm talking with two members of the Amerigo Trio and the Davidson faculty members who have organized the Bacharach tribute. Coincidentally, these are both husband and wife teams. We start with Karen Dreyfus and Glenn Dicterow, founding members of the Amerigo Trio. Dicterow is the former and longest tenured concertmaster of the New York Philharmonic, and Dreyfus is a Grammy-nominated violist. They both are on the faculty of the Thornton School of Music at USC. Cellist Inbal Segev is also a member of the trio. They performed in some of the most prestigious concert series in the U.S., including Lauren Mazel's Castleton Festival and the New York Chamber Music Festival at Symphony Space. So welcome, Glenn and Karen. Thank you for having us. Can you talk just a little bit about uh, founding the Amerigo Trio and how you named the trio? I named uh, the trio, but as far as founding, I I believe that uh, we had been in conversation, Karen and I, about uh, would be nice to work with Inbal Zegev, who uh, we knew to be a superb cellist, and uh, there was some wonderful repertoire. We thought that might be a little bit easier than forming a string quartet, and we had a a piano quartet, but uh, then again, that was uh, getting more difficult, too, because of the involvement of a piano, not always so easy to uh, make that happen. So uh, we were all living in New York at that time, and uh, we read through some repertoire, and we we had a great chemistry together. I think the first time we played together, and we just hit it off um, and s- decided, okay, let's let's see if we can do a chamber group. Um, and that's how it kind of, you know, emerged. It's interesting that you bring up that you thought it would be easier to do than a string quartet. So I'd like to hear a little more about that. And, and also, I guess string trios are maybe not as common. Is that that's right? right. That's right. They're not. I mean, the repertoire for for string trios is very, um, I would say, in a way, more three distinct voices, almost more soloistic, because there, there's not a, a fourth. Uh, t- so it's a more equal voicing. Um, and and great composers did, did write for, you know, Mozart, Beethoven, Schubert wrote, um, and then there's, you know, a lot of 20th century. Um, so we found, we, you know, the more we dug into the finding out about the repertoire, we really enjoyed playing, playing the trio repertoire. How do you determine the, um, the repertoire? Does one of you come up with an idea and say, hey, I'd like to do this? Or, or how do you do that? How do you go about deciding? Karen? I think always, you know, it's always good to kind of have a core piece and have some things that are interesting, some things that are fun. You know, it's not, it's not always, you know, uh, gray-haired repertoire. So yeah, we'd like to build a program around one core piece. Well, in just a moment, we can talk about what you are playing when you come to Davidson, but Mm -hmm. I'm curious how many, 
have you had a lot of new works um, written for you? Um, what is the state of string trio composition <laughs> these days? You know, it's, it's not the first thing that comes to a composer's mind is to, I mean, they'll gravitate toward string quartets or, or piano quartets or piano quintets, the, you know, the bigger, you know, massive or orchestral type of, uh, of setting. But, uh, you know, because it's intimate. Uh, it's, string trios are intimate but can be extremely dramatic. Um, in the case of a piece that we used to include was the Dachnani Serenade, been recorded by every great instrumentalist that I know. Uh, the early Beethovens are wonderful. And, uh, you know, one almost says, do we really need a fourth person? It almost sounds like string quartets. Uh, the more contemporary pieces we're playing, and for instance, there's a wonderful arrangement of the, the Bach-Goldberg Variations, which uh, was arranged by Sitkovetsky. Wonderful. It's, it's, all, it's a full hour piece. One wonders, you know, why isn't it explored more, this uh, string trio repertoire, why more people aren't, aren't writing for it. So we almost have to urge them to do so uh, when, when we have a chance. But we played some very, very obscure pieces. There's one that uh, that you're going to be hearing, written by Sea Captain, uh, of all things, Kra. He's on this ship, and he goes to different ports, and he... You hear the music, the indigenous music from wherever he's the ship sailed, and uh, it's it's really a wonderful piece of music, a lot of fun. So that's by this uh, crowd that you're going to be hearing. But how um, do you spell that? C R A S. Yes, okay. Jean Yeah, he Jean. was. From, he had a lot of naval people in his family, and he was a composer, but also in the French Navy. He, he he sailed to North Africa, and you're going to hear a lot of North African kind of influenced themes, and then he came to the Americas, so almost like hoedown music. Um, it's fun to play, and it's fun to listen to, I hope. And, and this is from the 19th century, or is it? This is 1926, he wrote it, oh. yeah. So why don't we go ahead and, and talk about the other works on the program? What else are you going to play? We're starting with a, a Sibelius trio, which is an early work. He's he's really known for big orchestral, you know, pieces, Finlandia, you know, all these big uh, wind, you know, brass pieces, um, and of course the violin concerto. But this is very orchestral, and it's, uh, you know, we played it this summer, and someone remarked that it sounded like an orchestra. Well, Sibelius yes. has, has a way of doing that. He made three instruments sound like, like a whole orchestra. Yeah, and I remember a comment that we had uh, from someone that had never been to a classical music concert, and that was the first piece he heard, which is really unusual. Uh, um, and he said he was just so overwhelmed by the, the drama, the effect of it. I love that people that don't know anything about classical music can come and, and make a comment like that because, you know, it's, I feel like chamber music is a great way to get them involved because you can, you're, you're more, more personally connected, you're closer, there's more interaction. We can feel the audience, they can feel us and our intent, hopefully. I think it's, it's a great way. It's an icebreaker, I think. Okay, so we've got this Sibelius, which I'd never heard of, and I don't think of him as a chamber <laughs> composer. And then 
the next piece we'll play is Beethoven. Glenn, want to speak about the Opus 9, number one? The, the one that we're going to be playing uh, has a perpetual motion almost toward the last movement. Technically very challenging, and the other movements have great depth and, uh, and imagination. But for a young Beethoven to be writing like this, uh, it's, it, you can see what, what a genius he was even at that point. And then after that, we're doing a Handel Halverson duo based on a Handel theme and its variations, also very virtuosic and um, kind of fun. Uh, so we have some serious music and, and, and some kind of, you know, throw caution to the wind kind of pieces. Well, I want to thank you both for taking the time. And uh, again, I've been talking with violinist Glenn Dictoro and violist Karen Dreyfus. They are two of the three members of Amerigo Trio. Uh, the third member is cellist Inbal Segev, and they will be performing Friday, October 13th as part of the Davidson College Concert Series at Tyler Tallman Hall on the Davidson campus. Again, thank you both for your time today. It's a pleasure. Thank you very much. Legendary songwriter Burke Bacharach died in February of 2023 at the age of 94. He was one of the most influential musical figures of the 20th century, and he left us a rich legacy of classic pop songs that are loved by multiple generations to this day. On Tuesday, October 24th, musicians at Davidson College will celebrate his music with a benefit tribute concert called What the World Needs Now. And here to talk to us about it are the organizers, Cynthia and Bill Lawing. So welcome back to Piedmont Arts. Thank you, Rachel. Good morning, Rachel. I guess I'll just start with the question of why you wanted to do this tribute concert and why uh, focus on Bacharach? Well, all musicians sort of want to stretch their capability as, as musicians. So the idea of Bacharach seemed to be really fun. Well, but that backing it up to the beginning, Cynthia was talking, we, we we were talking together and she she said, I think I might want to do a recital of Burt Bacharach next year. And my reaction was swift and simple. And that was, no. No. Burt, Burt, yes, no, you don't want to do that. Burt Bacharach turned out, he's like a one-hit wonder. He had 20 hits, but they all sound the same. It's just all some generic 60s thing. There's nothing there. You can you don't want to do that. And then I slept on it for a day or two and then and then thought, if we take the idea and instead of turning it into a recital, let's ask people in the department who if they might like to do a joint concert and just have a one-shot, really nice concert of his music. And if ticket sales do well, then we can also make it a benefit in one way or the other. And so that was basically the kernel. Uh, and then we quickly asked yeah, Jackie and Alana and Dan Boy, and they were all ecstatic, excited. And so we knew the idea was good. And then we we filled in the blanks with Patrick Brown, who is our jazz uh, instructor, uh, and then bass and drums with our, with our um, lecturers, our adjuncts. I think the punchline of all of this is that I was never as wrong in my life when I made my first comment to Cynthia about the fact that it was not very interesting music. That simply says, I never really listened to it. It was always background on my, on my 45 RPMs. And 
and and really going piece by piece one realizes my goodness this guy was a composer you know he's not just a not just a songwriter from the 60s but this guy was a composer the level of detail and surprises and all those sorts of things they're just all over his music it's really quite wonderful stuff that is very interesting because that was a one of the questions i wanted to ask is what is appealing about Bert Bacharach's music from a musician's point of view, you know, from a non-musician's point of view, his music is so um, digestible and easy to listen to, lots of hooks, you know, lots of great melodies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, maybe I'll direct this to you, Cynthia, since you're the one who originally wanted to do his music. What What is it that appealed to you about he, it? He was actually classically trained. He studied with some of the world's uh, eminent composers such as Darius Mio and Henry Cowell. You know, with geniuses, their work just comes so effortlessly. His modulation, for example, jumping from one key to another, is seamless. Of course, he partnered with Hal David, really great, great lyricist. And everything just go together so beautifully. Is this a challenge for um, the singers that you are working with on this? Because um, you mentioned, you know, how there's a lot going on. Modulation is different. It seems like sometimes there's a lot of notes for them to hit. I'm just curious, what? how are the singers you're working with uh, Some responding? Some pieces, the uh, rhythmic structure is challenging. It's just so very intelligently put together from a musician's uh, point of view in, in terms of the rhythm an important maxim that he that he employed was that the words dictated the rhythm the rhythm didn't dictate the words now that's you know that's very unusual these are pop songs that almost never are in one meter all the way from beginning to end and sometimes they're very complex uh an easy an easy example is say a little prayer which in the middle of it you've been trucking along and Four four, and suddenly he throws in a seven four bar, and house is not a home. The midsection, you get lost. It is so rhythmically complex, and you know, I think one one comes to realize over the time of of working with this is that Bacharach wrote challenging music that didn't sound challenging, but it was very challenging. And Dion Warwick was a way more gifted singer than we than we have recognized um in that period of time um the and the other part yeah rhythmic yes but but uh, melodic leaps nobody throws in more octaves and major sevenths and minor sevenths and ninths you know he, he just did not particularly enjoy being scalar um <laughs> his melodies do go note to note to note but so much of it jumps quickly and yeah so that is i think a singer's challenge but Dion warwick for what it's worth was classically trained and that's a, that's something that that people generally don't know but she ended up with a master's um in voice from the heart school of music so she had that training along with a lifetime of being in a family of of basically gospel singers and so the, the two of them together made it good and easy for her. And we have the advantage of having with Dan and Jackie and Alana, classical singers who can really negotiate all of those little those little steps. 
I'm glad you brought up about uh, Dionne Warwick and, and her extraordinary talent that, again, she makes it sound so effortless. And now if I think about it, mostly, I guess, the female singers who had hits with Bacharach tunes were extraordinary singers. Yeah, they were. You know, Dusty were. Springfield, uh, Karen Carpenter. Part of that, too, is Burt Bacharach had huge control over all of his recordings. So he was not just that it was not songwriter gives it away to the producer, et cetera. Um, but he was always in the studio as the pianist and then was always on the board telling the mixing person exactly the, the levels that he wanted. And then he would go and, and do takes forever before he was satisfied. To, so he had great control over and insisted on great control over the entire process. Well, thank you so much for um, uh, chatting with us about Burt Bacharach and about the concert that is coming up on Tuesday, October 24th. Again, that will be at Davidson College at the Duke Family Performance Hall. A nice part of the concert is that it really will go in a very formal kind of way. We will be all together doing 20 pieces, but they will be stitched together with narration by Sharon Green from the theater department. And so that will give some insight to Bacharach. And we should point out this is a benefit performance. That's so correct. That's proceeds correct. Are, um, are going to charity. Yep. I've been talking with Cynthia and Bill Lawing, who have organized the concert. And thank you so much. Oh, we are so excited. Thank you, Rachel. For Piedmont Arts, I'm Rachel Stewart.